Good day, everyone. I am Matt Harrison, and you are listening to the Geary Cast, the award-nominated Malaga fan <coughs> podcast for all the Geary's out there. An old name returns to Malaga as Antonin comes back home, but could there be another return in home very soon? We'll look at the latest transfer news coming out of La Rosaleda. We'll also be talking about new names as we discuss Malaga's 2-2 draw against league newcomers Ude Ibifa. And finally, we'll look ahead to Friday night's home game against Alcocon, where we'll get the opposition lowdown from our pod favourite, Alex O'Brien. But you may have heard two distinct differences to my usual intro there. You might have heard a funny sort of cork-popping sound, and you might have also heard me add in the words award nominated so i'll introduce my other two so alex ashmore how are you i'm doing very well thank you Matt. how are you i am great thank you um just in case um i'm in my friend's flat you might hear some really loud latino music and some guy singing in the shower um he stopped now so hopefully that isn't the case but chris marquez you you popped some cork and i, I think you've probably been singing this week why why are you popping corks and drinking something sparkly there chris because we uh, are nominated in the football content awards whoop, whoop. and i think whoop, no but that's that's really great news yes well i you know that's that's the tradition I, i'm excited yeah because you're gonna go aren't you um if i get the days off i'm going yeah definitely Excellent stuff. So, yeah, for those that haven't seen our Twitter, we have been nominated for Best Club Content Creator Brackets International. And we will be, well, one of us hopefully will be at the ceremony in London. I think it's the Royal Lancaster Hotel, which I'm told is a nice hotel by uh, my friend who knows London well, on the 14th of October, which is a Thursday night, which means I can't come because I will be in work that day and teachers don't get to pick what days off they get so uh chris is gonna hopefully be a representative um so yeah i know we've tweeted it out malaga club de football have tweeted out their support for us so you might have seen that today if you haven't voted for us and you like any of us and our podcast then go out and vote for us but we'll go next to what we think we do best and provide malaga news and there's quite a few big stories this week, but we'll start with um, the off-the-field stuff, I suppose. Well, I suppose it's off-the-field stuff and transfers this week, which I suppose is still off-the-field stuff. Uh, Jose Maria Munoz, our judicial administrator, did a press conference this week. And usually when he does these press conferences, they're quite big news and there's usually quite a few big headlines come out. Uh, Alex, I think you sort of give an outline on our Facebook and I think... Chris sort of added it in Spanish, so I'll ask you, Alex, to summarise what was said in that press conference, and then Chris can jump in if he feels there's anything he wants to add. I'm going to drink yeah. the bottle and listen, so don't worry. I'm, going to, I'm even going to drink from the from the bottle. That's how excited there I am. There you go. You put your feet up, Chris, oh. and listen to award-nominated Alex Ashmore. So, to give us a rundown of what the judicial administrator said, he said... Well, the first point he made was the club will have a salary limit of €6 million Euros this season, which is good, just an increase on last year. The club is now able to look at signing players that were previously beyond the club's financial capabilities, which is definitely a positive new news. And 
according to or with the latest CVC agreement, which we talked about, was it last week or the week mm-hmm. before? Yeah. I've lost track of my weeks, but <laughs> the club will be able to compete, complete the construction of the academy context, uh, complex in Araijanal, I believe is where it's located, which is positive news. The club also aims to release the season ticket campaign next week as crowd limits could be increased to 50% capacity which is another positive, more more chance for fans in the stadium, which is what we want to see. The club is in a stable position financially as well. Last year on the 30th of June, the club was 4 million euros in debt, whereas now the club is 1 million euros in profit, which is positive. Literally and the last positive. piece of news that he was talking about was about Ontiveros. So you may have heard some news going around Twitter this week about Javi Ontiveros and we're still owed, I believe, around €4 million Euros for the transfer of Javier Antiveros. Well, there was another player called Alfred Ndiaye, who you will remember for our first season back in Segunda. He's gone to Al-Shabaab from Villarreal, and they still haven't paid Villarreal for that. They're offering Villarreal instalment payments for Alfred Ndiaye, and thus Villarreal are offering us instalment payments for Antiveros. But we're rejecting that because we want the money to be paid in one large sum. So that, as a sort of summary of what the judicial administrator said in his press conference, was it yesterday or the day before? Uh, yesterday. Yes, we're, we're recording on a Wednesday night, so I think it was yesterday, wasn't it, for those listening later. But um, yeah, I think I think I was. I think you've ticked off all the headlines there, Alex. I think the only other thing, and I, I don't think he said this, but he might have. But the other thing that came up this week was. Apparently, there's no expiry date on this, the being in, in administration. So, I, I don't know, Chris, do, do you know what that could mean? It just means we could have an administ- a judicial administrator forever, I suppose. No, it means that until there's no solution for what will happen with the club, the only one who decides when it's time for him to leave is the judge. Okay. That's all. As long as it's needed, he will be there. And what what would stop him being there? Say a new owner coming in, or a new owner, owner or uh, when everybody, or when even when Altani gets um, is being declared not guilty by the judge, then he has to leave as well. Okay. So yes, lots of off the field stuff, which um, I think we've been quite good at avoiding recently, apart from transfers. So, you know, that's popped its head again. But let, let's get to transfers. And uh, one of them, Alex, has sort of alluded to already, but we'll come to that one. Let's stick to ones which are definitely happening. Uh, we talked last week about former winger, striker Antonin coming back to the club and that being very likely. The day we published the podcast, they announced that he was back. So we can just want to confirm he is back at the club. He has played a game already. So I'm sure we can talk about his performance a bit later. But I think in general, Chris, we are excited to see Antonin back at the club, aren't we? Very excited. I think he brings loads of danger into the Malaga tech. And he's from Malaga. He's a great person. So, yeah, I'm very happy that he's back. Yes, definitely. And I think as we, I think we talked about it last week, the... We, we've not really spoke about him on this podcast because I think we started it after he'd already left for Granada. So uh, we get to talk about him again now and hopefully it will only be good things. Alex, another player came into 
Malaga in since we done last week's podcast in the form of a right back, and that guy is Victor Gomez, signed from Espanol. What are your views on that signing? I think it's positive. I think squad depth is something I'm going to say it. Maybe not every week, but I'm going to try and say it most weeks. But I think squad depth will be something that we need. And obviously, Ishmael is a capable right back, but I do think we'll need something to, you know, help us back him up. And he's a young player, so it'd be un- it would be unfair of the club to put all of that responsibility on a player of his age, put the- all the responsibility on his shoulders. So definitely a positive signing and a player with experience and, well, hopefully will help bolster our defence going forward. Yeah, you know you have um, the the iconic Frankie says relax T-shirts. I think we need to get Alex says squad depth T-shirts because it's very much your buzzword or buzz term this season. But uh, not that I disagree with you at all. Um, yeah, and actually we have quite an abundance of right backs on the books now with obviously Ishmael Casas and Ale Benitez and Alexander, who I believe hasn't been registered still for the league. So I'd imagine he's touted to leave still I, I don't know Chris what, yeah. what, do you, what do you think about the Victor Gomez signing and then what was he going to add about Alexander then Alexander has an offer what I believe from the MLS so <laughs> bye bye Alexander yeah um, I think it's a great signing because I don't think and even though I like him a lot I don't think Ismael Casas is having his very best moment no for the last seven well, months well, or eight months. Let, let's say, Chris, that's a bit of a, a teaser to what we might talk about when we get to yes. the Ibiza section, I think. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I think it's a great sign-in. Um, I seem to recall as well, towards the end of last season, when we were talking about Ali Benitez, I think he won a few of our Man of the Match awards, our Chumbos, I'm sorry, Biznaga awards. Uh, so, you know, we've still got him coming back and... Yeah, it looks like Alexander's gone, who made a good start when we signed him in January, but just really didn't really work for him after that, no. did they? Um, so that's Victor Gomez. I, I assume we might see him this weekend. when we'll he's, talk a, he's, he's a pretty good defender, to be honest, Victor Gomez. Yeah, he's um, he's good reputation. Yeah, very good. So I, Very good signing. Yeah. I think Malaga... If they can make the two other signings, we will look at maybe playoffs even. Chris has said it. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll be talking about the Alcocon game in the final section of the podcast. We can talk about whether we think Victor Gomez will start in that game and we'll ask our Alcocon friend, Alex O'Brien, what he thinks Alcocon can do this season. So maybe we can talk about... Now this transfer window is almost complete and we've got an idea of our squad, what Malaga can do maybe. So Chris has already gone in with big words there. And there's another player that's been linked that could add even further quality to this Malaga squad. Last night, it seemed everyone was a buzz on Malaga Twitter and social media about the return of Marbella's finest, Javi Ontiveros, who had a great spell with uh, Malaga a couple of seasons ago. You know, was really highly rated. Went to Villarreal, then was on loan at Huesca last year, and he's been linked... didn't play anywhere. Well, this was I was going to come on to this that he's been linked with coming back to Malaga. Chris, what's happened since last night? Because it seems like talk has died down a bit today. 
Um, what happened was that I don't know where it came from, but what happened was that his name sounded so. Yeah, yeah. I I really don't know who who made the first, who brought the news. I believe it was it was Malaga Oi, and I believe his brother tweeted something with like a, a an emoji of a plane and a house. Yes. So yes, I, that's the funny thing. His brother sent it out a tweet because he were, came back from holiday. <laughs> he spent the holiday in Punta Cana. Yeah. Um, that's what his brother says. I don't know. I'm not sure if we even want to have him because, to be honest, he didn't play for a few seasons. I, you just don't know how, in what shape and in which form he's coming. Yeah, he's had a, he's had quite a lot of injuries. Um, I, I know he did feature on and off of Villarreal. Um, they seem to want to. They don't seem to have any need for him now. Of course, they have a club that is in the Champions League this year, and maybe they strengthening the squad and they don't really fancy a player that's had a lot of injuries very sadly Alex any thoughts on this transfer and the likelihood of it happening I mean when he was at the club I was a very big fan of his I think you know I remember his goal against Deportivo in the first leg of the playoffs that was you know one of his best goals for the club and you know he's he's had time at the club where he's been playing well. He obviously had his time on loan out by the lead, I believe it was in his uh, in his younger days. But all positive memories from from his time at the club. So I would welcome him back, and I think he he would bolster our attacking lineup and do us. Well, I think you know he would bolster us and add an advantage to our you know attacking line and help Antonin, Brandon, and Paulinho as well. So you know all the all the more better for him coming back to the club. And like you said, Alex, there was obviously it wasn't that long ago he was scoring these, um, you know, that that screamer against Deportivo and being probably Malaga's star player. And we've got a lot of players now, such as you know we talked about Kevin, Antonin, maybe even Luis Munoz, Juan De, who would have been like sort of in their early teen years, probably then around twelve, thirteen, and probably he was the guy they probably looked up to. So. Um, I think even as a as a presence in the dressing room, he'd, he'd had a bit of a buzz, and it might take some of the onus off relying on you know the likes of Kevin and Antonin, who we're sort of touting as the, our attacking threats this season, even though they're so young. Yeah, I think, uh, but it sounds like I believe Manolo Gaspar says it looks almost impossible. So it, watch this space, but it was it was very. It's very exciting last night when I thought of our attacking options if he did come. Well, I should add, by the way, I think part of us trying to get him is due to what you mentioned earlier, Alex, where the four million euros that Villarreal owe us and somehow working out some deal with that. I know it gets very complicated, but I'm I'm trying to put it in a nutshell there. But yes, so Antonin's, you know, that seems to be the the story of the summer isn't it we've been linked with all these former players coming back the only one that's really come back is Antonin um so yeah we'll watch this space maybe next week's podcast the story will have moved on again and we can see see where we lie then because the transfer window will be finished by the time when we record next week's podcast but for now we'll talk about those players we do have at the club and what they did this past weekend when we headed to Ibiza.
I'm going to start with some lyrical poetry from songwriting greats. Of course, I'm talking about the Wenger boys who famously sung, Whoa, we're going to Ibiza. Whoa, back to the island. Whoa, we're going to have a party. Whoa, in the Mediterranean Sea. Sadly, it was very much a party for Ibiza in the first hour, but thanks to the Cantera of Malaga, we pulled it back to 2-2 and had plenty to celebrate ourselves. Chris, sure you know the Venga Boys are Dutch. Uh, are you a Venga Boys fan? Are they lyrical greats, as I just suggested? Yeah, they have the best songs in... They possibly... They are the best, the best music group ever in the history of music. In Dutch music. In the history of oh, all music. Okay. Um, do you have, have favourite Venga Boy song? Parada de Tetas. Oh. I don't even know that one. I, there's me. I've, and also, I'm going to admit something here. And I, I did, When I was in uni, they played our Freshers Ball and our Leaving Ball. So I've actually seen them live twice as well. I, I, so I think that makes me a super fan, doesn't it? And and boom 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 boom's my favorite. Uh, Alex, I want you in my room. <laughs> yeah, I, c- I couldn't think of a way to link that in any other podcast, but you know we're going to a beef of fitted in neatly with this. Um, Alex, I'm terrified to ask you this. Um, you know who the Venga Boys are, yes? I do, I do. One of my, if you ask any of my flatmates, what is my main group of music? It without putting a label on it, but I am going to put a label on it. Cheesy music, okay. and I think the Venga Boys falls right into that category. I love it, and I, think, I, think. I for me, it is between the Ibiza song "Up and Down." Uh, okay. We like to party is another one that I do love. So yeah, Venga Boys are the top, top, top. Uh, I wouldn't say, yeah, they're they're up there. They're one of my favorites. Okay. You know, people always get the question that they have to choose between uh, the Beatles. Well, I'm seeing I'm seeing the bootleg Beatles live in Marbella next week. So just to give you just to clear my sort of musical taste here, I, I do like cool stuff as well. If a Beatles tribute band can be considered that, cool, that's the real thing, right? Where people have to choose between the Beatles and the Finger Boys. Yes, I think that that's usually the debate. I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, just just to want to remind you guys. Award nominated football podcast, right? Some great insight as always. So, but let let let's try and get back to football. I, I've deviated. No, I want to stay at the Finger Boys now. Well, did you guys know that their what? first hit in two thousand ten? Right, Chris. I, I we need to go on to football, which of course okay. was which of course was a game of up and downs. <laughs> Oh. Um, yeah, see if we, exactly. Uh, let, let's start with the. Um, did we feel up for it when we saw the start in eleven? Uh, Kevin started again. Um, go check out my article for him on Off the Bar, who I wrote for last week. That was fun. Um, and the only change really was Antonin came into the side. We talked about him a little bit earlier. Alex, were you surprised to see Antonin go straight into the team and replace Roberto, who had made his debut the week before? In a way, yes, but in a way, no. I think, obviously, there is always that feeling when you get a new signing in that you want to chuck him straight in the squad, and especially, I'm not saying he knows the squad you know, in and out, but he, he has a more in-depth knowledge than your average new signing. So... There is an argument to say you know, he's more adept to chuck him in the deep end, uh, so to speak. But after seeing Roberto's performance, you know he did all right. He didn't, you know, 
I didn't say I wouldn't say he outshone mm. everybody else, but you know he did he did put up a fight up front. So yeah, surprised maybe a little bit to you know take that chance away from Roberto to give him another game. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we he came on, and you know I'm sure we'll talk about it later. But he did you know give us that point. So yeah, I, I wouldn't say I'm too surprised, but you know definitely a little bit of me is surprised that they they took that opportunity away from Roberto after. He didn't have an awful game against Mirandes. I'd say he wasn't, you know, he wasn't definitely wasn't the worst player on the pitch. No, I thought he had a good game. And uh, Chris, you were there with me at La Rosaleda for that first game, uh, which obviously we drew nil nil. Was you surprised by this starting eleven? How similar it was to that nil nil game against Mirandes, or were you happy with it? Um, I did. He, I think he did pretty well against Mirandes. But if we are fair. And look at the reality. Roberto isn't far, is far away from being a Malaga first team every week player. Okay, well, maybe that's something we can talk about when we speak about him a bit later. So let's go. Let's go straight into it. Um, I think it's fair to say, guys. For the most part of that first half, and I'm sure we'll talk about the goal in a second, Ibiza very much dominant, Malaga poor. Um, why do we think that was? Was it something tactical or was it something as simple as this was Ibiza's first game as a professional club in front of their fans? Sorry, first home league game, I should say. Were they just up for it, do you think, Alex? I think, you know, it's a bit of both. Obviously, they did seem up for it. First home game, as you said, the, you know, the, the fans were quite rowdy. And, you know, we saw videos from the uh, Segunda Spanish podcast putting up on their Twitter. It's good to see fans back in the stadium as well. And there is something quite special about, I don't want to be critical, but a sort of small-sized ground with a lot of fans in, it creates a better atmosphere, I think, sometimes than your bigger stadiums because it's all packed in that small space. But... It, it did also feel a bit like Malaga was slow out of the blocks. I definitely think there was a... We were brilliant in that first hour, you could say, against Mirandes. It, you know, you were expecting that we would start off in the same rhythm against Ibiza, but we just seemed a bit slow, didn't seem to quite be able to string our passes together. It just didn't seem to be, you know, coming together as well as it was against Mirandes. So, yeah, I think it was a bit of both. I think mainly more I'm leaning towards Malaga being slow out of the blocks on this one. Yeah, um, Chris, what about you? Would would you agree with what Alex said there? No, totally not. I think uh, Malaga was poor. Malaga looked like they didn't want to play a football game. They want, they didn't want to. They looked like it. Eh? They didn't want to uh, or couldn't put the pressure in they put against Mirandes. Um, because, to be honest, I didn't had a great feeling about Ibiza either. I didn't think Ibiza was very good or okay. Ibiza really put everything into it. Um, well, I don't know if I agree or didn't put everything into it. I agree, like, I'm not saying they were, you know, 1982 Brazil or whatever, but I thought I thought they were quite... I, I thought they played off the fans quite well. That's because I think, as you just said, Alex, we saw videos and clips of... This ground, it looked amazing. I thought I, I, I do like a light blue shirt. I, I've always liked light blue shirts, and in the sunshine, and you know with the flags and atmosphere, I thought Ibiza looked great in regards of the 
the spectacle of the stadium. And I, I thought they played quite high energy, whether, you know, whether that, what that will get them in the league all season, I don't know. But I thought they were good to watch um, that first half as well, you know, good to watch, you know, taking my Malaga bias away. Um, Kevin had a chance, perhaps should have scored to make it 1-0. Would we say maybe not quite as, um, you know, he didn't stand out quite as much as the week before, but was he still Malaga's most dangerous looking player, do you think, Chris? I, th- I definitely think so. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he think... should have made that chance. Yes. And the other side, it's his second, his second match for for the first Malaga team, so you can't really blame him for that. Yeah, I, I thought I thought he was really good. Actually, I think if that had been his debut, we'd been like, "What a good debut!" Um, yeah. It was just almost a bit. I think anything was going to be underwhelming after how much fun he was there. The week before, um, Alex, would you say in regards of attacking threat, Kevin was the only one really looking like doing anything? Yeah, sort of little bits from Paulinho, but definitely Kevin. If we were to score, Kevin was going to be either assisting or scoring. I think didn't see much from Antonin and Brandon up top, but yeah, Kevin. It's obviously hard for players this age that you know there. It's a lot on a lot of pressure on. Obviously, him. He's he's, he's a young lad and. For us to expect him to perform at the level he did against Minandes every game is 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 a lot to ask for. And I think at this stage of his career, it's about building up that experience. And obviously, we love the energy that he's giving. But I think at some point in a player's career, they do learn also that there are times where you need to conserve your energy so that you can go the full 90 minutes. And I'm sure he'll learn that with the experience that he's gaining in these first few games. Yeah, so obviously Kevin was our main threat. I think there's only one man we need to talk about when it comes to Ibiza, and that was a Matthias Borgus, uh, who opened the scoring oh, of them. Really? Yeah. I would say Sifu. Okay, well, let, let's, 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 okay, let's talk about the goal first, and maybe I'm just looking at the goal scored part, but uh, obviously <coughs> Matthias Borgus scores this side-footed volley, and as you guys are alluding to, Sifu's the guy that put the ball in, obviously former Malaga right back, I yeah. thought I thought Sifu was there, was the most dangerous man on the side on on Ibiza side. Okay, I'm happy to. I I still think Borgos looked the best player on the pitch, but quite happy to go with your opinion as well, guys. And I I I think we all like Sifu. Um, let's talk about the goal. I like Sifu. Yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, let's talk okay, about the goal understand. first. Then, so obviously, lovely ball from Sifu, lovely side footed volley. You watch it the first time, you think. Nice goal. Is there any blame? I saw one, and forgive me, I can't remember which site said it or which publication, sort of criticising Danny Barrio, and I've seen quite a lot of people mention Ishmael as well. I think it was, I read in, it might be Nels Dels Marque was saying his poor positioning again. Um, Alex, are we pointing the blame at our players for this goal, or was it just quality from them? I think uh, I do sound like a broken record most of the time, but I think it is a bit of both. I think it was a quality goal, and you know, I think I remember tweeting out before the second goal that was definitely in the contender for goal of the week. And you know, obviously, you you can point fingers at the defence, maybe Danny Radio a little bit, but I think sometimes you do you do have to hold your hands up and say, well, that was, you know, it's it's one of those ones you could have stopped it, but understandable that he didn't. 
you know, I think it was just a, a piece of brilliance, really, from Bogus. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think those volleys, uh, you, you sort of almost expect someone to take a little bit of a touch, and even the way he side-footed it, almost made it look like he might control it first. So I thought the criticism of Barrio was harsh, wherever I saw it. I didn't write it down, so I've forgotten. Um, Ishmael, he played him onside. I think it's a little harsh on him as well. I thought the ball was good. Well, great ball from Sifu. Um, they did score again, though, Alex. You've just talked about that. Uh, Chris, what did you make of Ibifa's second goal after the break? Uh, as brilliant as the first. I'd say more brilliant, surely. Yeah. Um, again, I, can we blame Danny Barrio at all, or is that just falling no, in the top corner? No, that's just ridiculous. Even with the first goal, you can't blame him. For the first goal, you can blame Ismael Casas because when I was four years old and started playing football, I learned that I have to de- when I when I'm a defender, I have to defend from the inside and not from the outside. And when you are standing on the outside, and even though the ball isn't there, if the ball comes, you're too late already, and you can't defend. So this is stuff you learn when you're five or six years old. Okay, Alex, would you would what did you make of that second goal? Because Chris is uh, actually Chris. While we're talking about Ishmael, I saw some people. I think it was again. There's an article in Eldes Marquez saying he is slightly at fault for that second goal as well. Was that too harsh? That's too harsh. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that one. Uh, Alex, what about you? What did you make of that second goal? And is there any blame at the foot of any Malaga players there? I think. I mean, it, slight airs of last season where there's just a, I think, mainly with the first goal, just a dip in concentration at the back from Ishmael, as Chris said. But I think with the with the second goal, if I was to point fingers anywhere, it would be at Eskasi. Okay. I think if, so he turns, I can't remember who was it in front of, I think it was Ikast Ishmael, gets past Ishmael. Yeah. And obviously, I know I don't know. I'm not there in the moment, but for me, it kind of looked a little bit like Escassi held off a little bit. I'm not sure whether he thought, "Oh, he's not going to shoot from here; he can't score." Mm. Understandably so. But the sort of player Escassi is, I'd expect him to go in. I'm not saying go in and make a rash challenge, but at least go in and compete for that ball. Maybe just throw himself in front of it. So it's a minor point. I don't think I can pull Escassi up on that too much. But if I was the point fingers. I think I would point fingers at Escassi, but yeah, it's a different one to do that. I just think it was a brilliant goal. I agree. And I think as well that every goal that's been scored from outside the box, you can't really blame a defender or anyone. Yeah, I think these two goals, it'd be very harsh. Even even the first goal, I thought, was a little bit harsh to criticise Ishmael. Um, and, yeah, Alex, good retracting, because we know never to criticise Iskassi because we're terrified that he, he might hurt us because he looks big and tough. But it was 2-0. It looked like Malaga were going to have a bad day. Ibiza seemed to be on top. And then suddenly from nowhere, boom, boom, boom. Luis Munoz... <laughs> that's a rubbish one. I didn't write, I just thought of that. Uh, Luis Munoz gets a third um, sorry, our first goal, the third goal of the game with a lovely little dink over the goalie um, through one-on-one. Lovely touch from Jairo to set him up as well. Uh, anything any, either of you want to add about that goal? Bit of Brandon and Roberto linking up as well? 
Great goal. And um, what you said, great pass of uh, Gaido. Yeah. That's a brilliant pass. What about you, Alex? Uh, any Anything nice you want to say about the goal? It was a wonderful goal. I think the the one thing you, you, you both may remember this goal, Arsenal against, I believe it was Norwich, when they played those intricate little yeah. passes, and I believe Wiltshire got the goal yeah. at the end. It kind of gave me airs of that, if I was to, to compare it to another goal. But yeah, it was a brilliant move and a brilliant finish from Munoz. Yeah, that, that that was like one of the greatest ever Premier League goals, wasn't it? Yes. So I don't think we're quite at that level, but I get your I get your point of the sort of quick one touch passing and then... Alex comparing one of the best <laughs> Premier League goals with with Luis Munoz's goals last Sunday is the worst thing I've ever heard on this podcast. I don't know. He has And he... I crossed the line like a thousand <laughs> times. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, he has compared Malaga to Yeovil a couple of times as well. So but actually, yeah. that that was probably quite accurate at the time, to be honest with you. So um, yeah, let, let, let us let us know what's the worst thing you've heard on this podcast. <laughs> since, since you know, bring us down a notch. We're we're, we're getting big headed now. We've been award nominated, so tell us all the the rubbish stuff you've heard as well. Tell tell us that we got the Venger Boy stuff wrong because we've missed out some really good B side of theirs, which was like their artistic peak. But it's like that. You you remember that time that we were singing a song and we were. We knew for sure that it was Madonna. Yeah, and then it was um, what's her name, um, Olivia Newton John. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm I'm sort of really good in pub quizzes. I'm, I feel at like music rounds, so I feel like I'm I'm shooting myself down on this podcast sometimes. Anyway, uh, we're, we're going to try and talk good stuff about football. We're going to try anyway. I don't know how well we're doing here. Um, Roberto came on. Obviously, we just said he had a nice bit of link up in that goal. I, I thought he, he changed the game for Malaga. I see I don't know if it was just coincidence because we happened to score, you know, quite quickly after we went 2-0 down and that gave us a lift. And obviously he scores the winner in the 87th minute and is a lovely finish as well. We'll maybe talk a little bit about the guy that set it up as well. But Alex, what did you make of Roberto's impact from the bench in this game? Oh, he was fantastic. I think he he definitely he has that intent, and he's you know he's, he's uh, as youngsters are they just give it their all, and it's fantastic to see him getting involved with these moves and scoring a goal. I think obviously didn't he get a goal in preseason? Am I remembering correctly? Or I think it was in his first game he came on, he got a goal, and I think when a, when a youngster comes on and is involved, even if they get an assist and getting a goal, it will do wonders for his confidence. And if he's at this level now, I think he'll, he can only get better. And I, I'm really happy to see him in the squad. Uh, Chris, what you, you've seen Roberto in the flesh now as well. You were at that Miranda's yeah. game where I think in that game we saw he's a bit of a fighter and will get stuck in. He didn't look nervous. What did you make of him in this game though? He, he changed the game definitely. He gave Malaga more attacking options, and I think he did great. But um, as I said earlier, he's still a very young lad who just played his second official match for Malaga. So uh, we all know what happens with Ramon. Mm-hmm. Went from the big talent and the big player downwards. So yeah. Just well, let let be let, easy with him. But let's be easy with Ramon as well. He, that's I still think if he, when he comes back from injury, we, hopefully we're, he's up and running again. Um, 
we'll focus on Roberto. So obviously Roberto gets the goal. Um, I think we need to talk a little bit about Haitam as well, because I, I don't know about you guys, but obviously we know Malaga play youth players now. And I think if I was to had to tip someone from the academy, I thought would get a lot of game time. It would have been Haitam and maybe, you know, I wouldn't have expected Kevin or Roberto, but I thought he was great off the bench this time and obviously set up the equaliser with a really nice pass, actually, through the defence. What did you make of Haitam in this game, Chris? Haitam is probably one of our biggest talents uh, for Atletico Malagueño, and I think he did pretty well, but the Haitam I saw in Atletico Malagueño is, is... Way, way better than what we saw last Sunday. Okay. And and like you said, it's it's really cool that we're arguing over who are the best players in Atletico Malagueno because lots of them have ended up in the starting eleven these last yeah. two games. Uh, Alex, a word on Haitam before we sort of wrap up our review of this game? I've only got positive things to say about Haitam. I think he, like the other youngsters, I'll say it again, he... Got wonderful intent and ability as well. Like as you said, I think he's got that little bit of something. I don't know quite what it is, but his 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 confidence on the ball. He, he exudes an enormous amount of confidence when he's on the ball, and it's wonderful to see these youngsters coming through and getting first team minutes. And I think we've got the perfect manager for it. And, and don't and forget about Lord Antuniga. Yes, who's in in the Spain under 19s team now, isn't he? I think he's yeah. been called up. Um, he, he did pretty well against me on this as yes, well. Yes, he did, yeah. Um, with Haitam, though, just to finish on him, I, I think, again, the exciting thing for me was that that end product, I think that pass he played to Roberto was absolutely exceptional, like through the two defenders, and Roberto's just through on goal. And obviously, Roberto does still have to deliver a pretty good finish, actually, but Haitam had put it on a plate for him almost. So, great to see him. Um, just before we do Chumbo and Biznaga, um, I just thought we would talk about two players who we haven't mentioned much this time, but I've now started two games for us and have been two new signings. Alex, how do you think Brandon and Paulinho have set, settled these last two games? I'm yet to see. I know they can do better. I know they're capable of more. I've seen good things from Paulinho in the preseason. He was against Almeria. He scored a goal and he looked fantastic. His, his movement on and off the ball. I just think he's yet to reach the heights that he can. And the same with Brandon. I haven't seen much from Brandon that's going to tell me, you know, he's he's a superstar. I know he's capable of great things. I just think he needs more time to get adjusted to the style of play and maybe just needs time to adjust back to, you know, playing regular football. I'm not sure how much regular football he's been playing, whether he has or whether he hasn't. But yeah, I think their, their time will come and they'll improve for sure. Yeah, I think I agree with what you said there, Alex, that you know they can do better, but there is, we can see this, I th- I can see there's two good footballers there, and I think they've sort of delivered, I don't think they've played bad at all, actually, yet. I think they've delivered sort of six, six and a half out of ten performances so far with glimpses of like an eight out of ten, so, go on, Chris. We also need to give them a bit of time, because of course, I'm, I'm they agree. just arrived to Malaga, so I, I think if... It happened, we saw it last season with Jose Bet, Jairo. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It takes a while. Well, a, a, a new player, some of them adapt really fast and the other need a bit longer to adapt to the city, to the people. 
Yeah. No, no, I totally agree. Um, if if they are in the start in eleven against Alcorcon on Friday, I'm happy with that. I think I think, and obviously we talked about the link up play. Brandon was a big part of that goal. Roberto scored, and I don't think you can question work rate or anything. It's just I think it is just adapting. So yeah, when I said I know sounds almost too negative. I, oh, Alex said I know they can do better. I don't think we mean that in the critical sense. We mean in we appreciate there's a good player there and it's it's just starting and it will it will require an adaptation period, maybe. Um well let's go into it then, guys. Um to wrap this up as always, our Jumbo and Biznaga, our worst player of the match and our best player of the match. So Chumbo first. Alex, I'll come to you first. Who are we giving our Chumbo to? It's a difficult one, I think. You know, I, it's hard to single out one player. Maybe I just think for his, I just don't think he he offered that much in the sixty-five minutes he played. And you know, we know he's a capable player, and he, he will get better. Like Brandon and Paulinho, he will come good. But my chumbo for this game is Antonin. Okay, yeah, that he was close to mine actually because he he was quite anonymous, really, wasn't he? Um, Hope you know. I I know he can do better. So I I've not given it to I've given it to Ishmael for reasons we talked about earlier. Um, I didn't think he had much impact, and he made some slight mistakes. So I won't talk about him anymore. Um, Chris, who are you giving your chumbo to? I was thinking about Antonin, but then I figured the guy signed on Thursday and plays a match on Sunday. I thought that isn't fair. Um, so I. To okay. Um let let's get on to the positives because like like the game we all you know, the game finished on a positive, we'll end on a positive. Um just quickly, I know I always say, you know, if we want to give honourable mentions before giving Biznaka, I realised one person we didn't give a bit of a mention we should have was Danny Barrio with that save. I just wanted to say that. Yeah, I've realised we skipped over it. Um Great save to keep us in the game with pretty much the last kick of the game. So thank you again, Danny, because I think he's had two good games so far um, this season. Alex, Biznaga. It's it's a difficult one. I think there's a few, you know, as you say, honourable mentions, that was a fantastic save from Danny Barrio at the end. I think I can, you know, I can remember numerous times tweeting out Danny Barrios made another fantastic save to keep us in the game or to keep the scores level or to keep us in the lead. And yeah, he, he, he definitely pulled off a brilliant one there. So, honourable mention for Danny Barrios. But, but my Biznaga is Luis Munoz. I, I don't want to whip out all the phrases today, but I think he was a rose amongst thorns today in that bit there on Sunday in that midfield. I think he, he showed brilliant composure. Obviously, the goal was fantastic. Wasn't too impressed with with Escassi and Paulinho. Obviously, you know we we know what they're capable of, but I just think Munoz showed experience beyond his age. Yeah, a rose amongst thorns is definitely a, not a Wenger boy's lyric. Um, I know that. Uh, Chris Biznaga. It could be a Wenger boy's uh, lyric. Uh, my Biznaga goes to Danny Barrio because if you have to give it, I if you ever give it to it, give him. A match in the season, and I think it would be this one because he did an amazing job, and definitely that last save was. Mm. Oh, it was brilliant! Was was Champions League uh, 
skill. I, I, to be honest with you, I, I sort of I, I watched the highlights back um, this afternoon, and I'd sort of forgot how good it was. I was like, wow, that was amazing. Because it's sort of like he doesn't dive, does he? And he sort of watches it for ages, and you think, oh, yeah. that's in. And then all of a sudden he goes, oh, I'm going to stop that. And, and, and besides, the two goals, Ibiza made. Yes, great. There wasn't anything he could do about it, in my opinion. No, so. I agree. I was merely playing devil's advocate. I agree. Um, I will finish off then. I think I've said mine. I'm, I'm going to pick Roberto just because I thought he changed the game and he got the equaliser for us. So we've got a nice range of answers there, which is always good. But that is the Ibiza game done. We've still not got a win yet. So let's try again on Friday and... We'll talk to our friend Alex O'Brien to find out if that is a possibility. So to finish this week's podcast, we're going to talk about Friday Night Lights at La Rosaleda as Alcocon travelled down from South Madrid to take on Malaga at the ridiculous 10pm kickoff time. But I suppose it does get quite hot in Andalusia. But someone who isn't ridiculous, though, and is all sound knowledge when it comes to Ade Alcocon, it's our good friend, Alex O'Brien. Alex, how are you doing? Hi lads, what's going on? Uh, thank you so much for inviting me back on to um, an award-nominating uh, podcast. Yeah, we, 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 we've talked about that already. We we said we need to we need to stop being so arrogant about it now. Um, I should add before we carry on as well. Um, of all the guests we've had on this podcast, the only one who has let me sleep on their floor for ten nights is here right now, Alex O'Brien. We had a good time in Barcelona. I believe you're still in Barcelona. Yeah, uh, uh, for another two weeks, and then unfortunately the adventure comes to an end. Yeah, you've, you've uh, been... But try it one. You've been there a couple of months now, so just give us a quick summary. How has life in Barcelona been? Uh, so I was never here before, so um, my friend just got a job, and he asked me would I like to move over with him, and I said, yeah, yeah, of course. So we've just been meeting new people all the time and uh, having a few surveys every once in a while. Yes, I, I saw it with my own eyes. It, it looks like a, a good time has been had by all during Alex's stay in Barcelona. But he had been in Madrid before and he found love in the south of Madrid at Alcocon. So I know we've had you on before, Alex, but do you want to give us a really brief summary why there's this Irish guy here who supports Cork City and Arsenal and now supports Alcocon as well? Uh, yeah, so basically, when I, I studied, I did my Erasmus here in, in Madrid, and uh, my first game in Madrid was at Estadio Santo Domingo, and I seen Alcorcón lose 3-0 to Real Zaragoza, and there was something there that just caught my love, caught my eyes. Maybe it was seeing Sinji Kagawa play at the, the <laughs> Estadio, or I'm not sure, but I am... Um, they they make cuts and they make hooks and yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, you said your first game was a three nil loss. I think it's fair to say it was been a bit up and down. And last season was particularly eventful. Do you want to remind us just really quickly how Alcocon came into this season and what happened last year? Yeah. So basically, last year, um, 
we had a new head coach uh, from in Mera Hermoso from Fuenlabrada, and he only got one win in his 11 games as in charge. Uh, and then the return of Juan Antonio Anquela resurrected the side a bit, but it, it went to the last day. And uh, we were picking up points, but we were still in the relegation zone up until um, two games to go. And we also had to play Girona and Espanyol both, who were going for promotion. And on the last day last season, we beat the champions Espanyol 1-0 uh, at home to stay up. And they also became uh, champions as well. So it was a win-win for both sides that day. But last season was a season to forget. Yeah. Um, you got me worried, Alex, with Alcorcón. <laughs> and Chris, for those that maybe haven't been listening to the podcast as long, Chris was very much belittling Alcorcón for most of the duration yeah, of this podcast. But you like I, them I, now, don't you? I got cheering for them at the end of the season when they stayed up because I wanted to have Alex arrive on the show again. <laughs> there you go. And, and obviously our other Alex here, Alex Ashmore, has got a bit of a soft spot for Alcorcón as well. So... Um, can we can we officially call them the sort of second team of uh, the Giri cast or, or are we avoiding any second teams? It's uh, a difficult one. I think we can, <laughs> no. can loosely add that title. Okay. Loosely. Yeah, we, we have an interest in them, we'll say. Um, Definitely not mine. <laughs> I just like Alex. Chris is an Alex O'Brien supporter. Um, yeah. You said... <laughs> uh, you said there Alex as well obviously last season was a season to forget and I think I remember listening to you on um, our friends over the Spanish Segunda show when you talked about that season saying that a lot had gone wrong last transfer window where obviously Alcocon this year before did quite well with like lone players like Stoichkov who we loved on this podcast and he didn't replace those lone players with quality what's What's it looking like this summer? How's summer gone in regards of business? Um, well, to be honest with you, uh, from the names that we have signed, like I, I, I didn't know much about them. No, no, I've done my research on them, and and some maybe be good, but then there's some that they came from sides without without no, um, without giving too much hate on those sides. I, I I've never heard of them before, so. Yeah, it could be a long season again, but um, there's a, a couple of signings I'm I'm happy about. Juan Hernandez on the wing, he played well in the last two games. He started both games, um, and he was the he was the only player who started the first two games um, who was a new signing. The rest were all on the bench, and um, yeah, so he's the only one really I could judge so far. Okay, and, and before we maybe move on to those first two games of the season for you, we've also got to talk about the signing off the pitch. Um, when Alex, again, of our friends over at Spanish Segunda, did their Estadios podcast, he said you would be very excited about one thing at Alcocon, and that is a roof. Are you excited about the roof coming to Santo Domingo? So, so basically, this, this season is uh, our 50th anniversary so I think the community of Alcocon, along with the club and maybe the, the mayor of Alcocon, they all thought it would be a good idea to revamp the, the Estadio Santo Domingo a bit. But um, all it is is revamping the main stand, basically, and giving it a new roof yes. and maybe like um, a new VAP area. 
But, I, but I, as, a, as, a, as a ground half for myself, you know, I'm happy to see um, one of my own teams getting a revamp stadium, you know. Yeah, to be honest with you, Alex, the the tone in your voice there didn't didn't strike me full of excitement at a, at a new roof. So, um, ho- hopefully, you can get some more exciting renovations in the coming seasons. But you said fiftieth anniversary. Um, you've got some nice shirts, nice Kappa shirts this year. I know you're a bit of a shirt collector, so are you happy with your shirts? I was up until they announced the the new sponsor. Oh, I've not seen the sponsor. Go on. It's an energy drink, Enoyeti. Uh, so, you know, I, I fell in love with it when they announced it, you know, because um, there was a lot of meaning behind it. I was I was hoping that they might introduce, like, I don't know, 50th anniversary crest or something like that. But, what uh, is wrong with the energy drink? I, I, I just prefer the shirt without the sponsor. Yes. Yeah, you know, I'm a bit of a romantic, you know. I, I, yeah. I, I like uh, vintage-looking shirts with our sponsors, and uh, this shirt was just—it was perfect, perfect. Yeah. And then yeah, I, I would have given it a nine out of ten before the sponsor, and then uh, now it's only at about six. It dropped so much. Well, yeah. Hmm. No, it's been—it's been a big. Um, I suppose it's been a big chat amongst football shirt collectors this summer, isn't it? Because the Juventus shirts and I think the Inter Milan shirts were getting a lot of love until they slapped sponsors on them. So Alcacon can get mentioned in the same breath as those Italian giants on this podcast here. Um, You've sort of alluded to it a little bit, Alex. You said um, your new signing, Juan Hernandez, looked quite good in the first two games of the season. So, so far, Alcacon have played... Uh, two games they lost to Ponferradino in what we're going to call the Pigeon O'Brien Derby and then lost 2 0 to Fuenlabrada. The fact you highlighted one player to me and said he looked good suggests that maybe not much else looked good, or am I wrong? Well, um, it's it just such a similar taste to, to last season, and with, with everything that went wrong last season, I was hoping that there might be. Not so much a squad overhaul, but you know, just some fresh faces and someone, one or two players that will just um, kind of up the standards of the of the squad. Um, and I didn't, I haven't really seen it yet, you know. And I look, it's still early. Like we were unlucky with the first game because um, it was a penalty given away and a red card, so yeah. we were on the back foot then and. Uh, with the second game, then it was just we we lost to a better side. And you know, do, you, do you think they could have spent the money of the roof better to to sign maybe better players? Bring back Stoichkov. No, but I it it seems a bit odd to me when you have such a horrible season where you escape with 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 the greatest luck there probably is. You decide to put a roof on your stadium instead of using that money to stay in the Segunda Division? I don't think it's necessarily our money that's doing it. It's more of the community of agriculture. Yeah. Uh, from, from what I know, I could be totally wrong there, but uh, it's from what I believe. Like um, they're, They want to improve the infrastructure in, in the city and uh, that's where it's, the money's going. Yeah, and I'll, you know, sorry to go down the Chris route and belittle them a little bit, but they, they're never going to perhaps have the the pulling power of 
the you know even like Getafe's and Raya Vallecano's, the supposed lesser exactly. Madrid teams, and the the way to start getting pulling power is to get that like you said infrastructure and something that you know a roof might be the difference between a family going because it might be quite rainy in Madrid and they might go oh, as a nice roof to go under now so it could be I I, I think in a way Alcocon's looking to the long term a bit more there aren't they which which they have to do I think um I was going to ask you about danger men, Alex. Uh, I think you've already answered that with Juan Hernandez. Are, are we right? He's the one we should look out for. Um, he, he has primarily experience, you know. Uh, but but last season he was on loan at Sabadell, who were relegated. Um, I suppose the main danger man I, I would look out for is probably Cisco up top. Right. I wanted to. I've written his name down because I had no idea he was there, and apparently he was there last year as well. I thought I saw his name and I thought I wonder if it is and it is the one that played very briefly for Newcastle came from Depot yes. um, has had quite an interesting career at like Osasuna he scored quite a lot of goals I think at Mallorca he scored quite a lot of goals in like a little loan spell he's a very interesting a yeah. yeah and I just remember him because he was part of a really really bad Newcastle team and he was sort of seen as a a bit of a laughing stock but um, but he's quite good at Alcocon then, yes? That was going to be my question. Uh, yeah, he, he certainly brought goals. Uh, okay. Goals which he didn't have in the team. Um, I think he, he might have finished the season with um, four or five goals, I think. And that really kind of... That's okay. When a relegation scrap like that, you'll take anything you can get. So hopefully... We had the big wins and he, he was the one that, that drove on the team, you know. Yeah, hopefully there's no Isco Disco this weekend. Uh, uh, we're going to just turn slightly to Malaga for a second. Um, Alex, as in Alcocon Alex. Um, Alex Ashmore, what do you think Malaga need to do in this game after having such a bad start to the last game? What do Malaga need to do? Do they need to make changes to the start and the eleven? What do you think? I think... I'd like to, I mean, this is, you know, me being a traditionalist and very, very English of me, but I, I'm leaning towards maybe liking to see a 4-4-2, because maybe Antonin and Roberto, maybe Antonin dropping off into that number 10 role and Roberto playing as a number nine. And I think it could work, you know, I think, you know, it's something that we could trial. Obviously, you know, it's, it's very early on in the season, so the manager will want to maybe stick to one system at this stage and get them used to it. But I think it could could be something that works. I think the, the main key for this game will be to not start off slow. I think last, last game we were just too slow to get out of the blocks. And I think that is, you know, obviously Ibiza did what they needed to do. But like you guys said, I don't think they were that good. So I think, you know, if Malaga can start off like they did against Binandes, then who knows, it could be a whole different story. Just just in case a Bifa fans are listening, I said I thought they were quite good, actually. <laughs> but but, uh, but I said I, th- I think they fed off that Ibiza, like the crowd there, and it was such a big occasion. So hopefully, you know, uh, as Chris would was, was there uh, two weeks ago or whenever it was, the, um, the atmosphere in La Rosaleda the other night was excellent. So hopefully it can be that again to help help Malaga again um, against a team who I believe, sorry Alex again, but uh, maybe not as good as the Mirandes team we played a few weeks ago. Chris, what would you change 
in this Malaga team after watching us get a two-all draw to Bifa? I would keep things pretty much as they are. I would uh, start with Victor instead of Ismail. Um, yeah, I would definitely start with Antonin again because we went by and I think he's going... He, he probably has adapted a bit more to to the squad and have trained with the team a bit more. Um, I don't know. I would like to replace Brendan Thomas, but I don't know for who. Well, I, my next question was going to be after his performance towards the end of the last game, does, does Roberto start this game? Yeah, we can try Roberto yeah. or even Loren Tuniga. Okay, you. And I would like to. I would like to start with uh, Kufri as well instead of Javi Jimenez. Okay, yeah, because I think we. I, I I think Javi Jimenez was wasn't so good against Ibiza. Yeah, I've got to be honest with you. I I can't really remember noticing him that much. But also, I think as you guys pointed out, Sifu had a particularly good game against us, so that suggests that right was a bit vulnerable. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be too disheartened to see Kufre. I, I would start Roberto. I would maybe, I, I would drop Brandon, actually. Not not because, I, again, for things I said earlier, I don't think he's played bad, but just to mix things up a bit. Um, the I, thing is, if you, if you get him off already, after two matches, it doesn't do his... It wouldn't do him good, I think. But then we've got a striker who's just come off the bench, look brilliant, and shouldn't we want to big up his confidence as well? It's sort of... Yeah. Uh, is he young? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I agree, but I think he started the first two games and Jose Alberto, he doesn't have to spin it as you've not played well enough because I don't think that's the case, but he you know, he can spin it as he just wants to look at a different setup. Or um, I'm, I'm guessing from what both of you have said, of course, the the one we talked about a lot last week, we're, we're happy to see Kevin start again then, yes? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Of course, of course, we're all happy. The more, the more Kevin, the better. Um, just before we go to perhaps predictions, then um, Alex, as in Alcocon, Alex. What are Alcocon expected to do this season? Then, what what would be your realistic aim? Uh, survival. Yeah. I mean, After the first two games, I, I would say survival. Um, I. I <laughs> I'm I'm normally an optimist, so if we if we if we were like if we were pushing for the table, I would be I would be thrilled with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but after the after last season and um, after last season I'm with the way the recruitment went, and then look, they they could all become world beaters now and and be incredible signings, but. Um, I just I, I I don't know much about them, so it could be a long season again. Yeah, because if I remember, you you sacked your manager quite early last season, didn't you? And I know you were quite um, you were quite a big fan of the new guy uh, and uh, well, I have forgotten his name, Anguela. Anguela. No, sorry, it was a Q. I knew there was some part I was saying wrong, but I know he sort of forged the sort of siege mentality from what speaking to you before. Um, do you think there could be a managerial change again? Um, I think, like, he's probably the most successful manager the club have ever had. <laughs> you know, he, he brought them to Segunda and he had the Alcor Cogonasso. Uh, 
when they beat Real Madrid in, in 2009. So I think he would have more backing than Mere had. But again, if, if we're rock bottom after 10 games, but after only winning one game, it's a different story then, you know? Okay. Um, I'll, I'll come to you first, Alex Ashmore. Do you want to give us a prediction? Oh, I mean, I, I went for one nearly Ibiza last week and it didn't, well, I, thankfully it didn't go well. Um, <laughs> this week I'm feeling slightly more confident. I'm going to go one nil Malaga. Okay. Chris Marquez, how are you feeling about this one and what's your prediction? Two 0 Malaga. Okay, that's that's what I was going to go two 0 as well. I think I fancy Kevin to get his first goal, um, and and to be honest with you, I w- Alex doesn't sound very optimistic here. I think think he's been watching too many Arsenal games alongside Alcocon and um, has just broken his soul a little bit. So I don't know if I dare ask you, Alex. What what's your prediction for this game? Well, seeing as we have more points on the board, I, I, I'd be happy with a draw. So if we can get a score a goal and get a draw, I'd be happy. Okay. Just get, get the strikers going for the season. You know? that, I, I think that could happen. I wouldn't rule that out at all. Um, we do have one more, We do have one more question for you, go, Alex. And I realise um, you, you've not listened to the first part we've recorded. So this is, uh, you know, but basically we just need to ask, what are your views on the Wenger boys? Oh, um, I'd be a big fan. Yeah. Oh, there you go. We've got. If you would have to choose, would it be the Beatles or the Finger <laughs> Voice for you? I'll email you my answer. <laughs> okay. But so yeah, that's fine. I, I, and I was also bragging earlier, Alex. I, I have seen the Venga Boys live twice, so I, I, I'm a big fan. Um, in, in university, in university, I should add, you saw you saw a lot of crappy bands in university on nights out. So, it was, but but not that they are crappy. I need to take that back. Apologies. Um, so yeah, I'm going to see the Bootleg Beatles next Wednesday. I will give you my verdict then on who is the better band, the Beatles or the Venga Boys. Which we just wanted a fourth opinion on this. Alex Ashmore's already. Um, raised the flag for the Venga boys, I think, um, since he, he's the self-proclaimed king of cheese music, apparently. Um, but yeah, they, they, you know, we've got the important questions about Alcocon there and the important questions about the Venga boys, which is what a second division Spanish football podcast is all about, I believe. So we're going to wrap things up there. Um, big thank you to Alex O'Brien, as always. Um is, uh, do you want to plug anything or say anything? Uh, just thanks for having me on again, lads. And uh, I just want to wish you the best of luck with, with the awards. Uh, I've sent my vote in already. Uh, I've every faith in you doing it. So uh, oh. uh, congratulations and best of luck. I hope it goes well for you. Thank you very much. And again, I will, pass, I will pass on my thanks to Alex O'Brien, not only for voting, but for being a fantastic host in Barcelona, introducing me to some good bars in Barcelona. But also, um, I'm a bit annoyed with you, Alex. I, I don't think I spoke to you about this. Um, the, you introduced me, to, well, reintroduced me to empanadas. Uh, I've always liked them, but there seemed to be a lot in Barcelona. And you got me eating them that first day. And it seems down here, they don't exist anywhere. So I'm really missing empanadas. I'm trying to find a good empanada place. Um, 
I think that's, I think there's one in Malaga I might go to Friday before the match, so I'll send you a review. Um, but anyway, thank you to you for that. Um, and then thank you to Alex Ashmore. Anything you want to add, Alex? Uh, thank you, Alex, for coming on, and best of luck to Alcocom for the rest of the season, and enjoy the remaining time you have in Barcelona. There you go. Uh, yeah, Thanks. good luck Thanks. to Alcocon after this weekend as the unofficial yeah. second team of the Giri cast. And Chris, do you, do you want to do say anything and do those, you know, subscribe and all the other stuff I don't think you've done since we've come back? I know. I was missing out on it. Go for it. Um, uh, thumbs up. I don't remember. Yeah, you need to go back and listen to the um, swipe Wait, left. I subscribe on YouTube. Yeah. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and uh, Twitter. Uh, swipe up, uh, swipe right to the right on Tinder. Yeah. Swipe left on Grinder, and swipe down to clean your ass. There you go. That's a lovely, lovely way to finish things off. See, my catchphrase is easy. I just, I just pick up a shot of Patrick and say, "Points me, Patrick." And it's easy to remember. So I appreciate yours is a bit longer. And also, thank you to you guys for listening as always and thank you to those that have voted so far make sure to keep voting for us and all that stuff and subscribe to the podcast and all that sort of stuff podcasts ask you to do i've been matt harrison yeah just just listen that's that's fine as well yeah just listen that's all we want you to do and you know and you know listen to the venga boys as well um i've been matt harrison you've been listening to the giri cast on sport direct radio vamo malaga and adios